Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Today we've got a great malicious compliance story involving a business plan. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, I'm waiting for the customer, boss. My dad does food delivery service in his leisure time. He said he likes the community among the riders. All riders, motorcycle is really preferred for the traffic around town, are provided with a helmet and a jacket that match the company logo color, plus some details on them. Delivery to hotels are common, as our town is one of the favorite tourist destinations in the country. And traffic could be really a thing, especially during the holidays while people craving for local cuisine, but don't really want to deal with it. On to the malicious compliance story. One day, Dad got an order to deliver to Marriott Hotel. He was told by the security to leave the jacket behind before entering the lobby and while waiting for the guests to come for their food there. He argued about leaving the jacket behind is worrying, as the motorcycle parking area is quite in the open so the security told him to leave it in the concierge. This annoyed him, but he complied anyway. He gathered from other riders that the same security guy had been asking them the same and sometimes with a condescending tone. Dad came up with a little evil plan. The security guy mostly works in the day shift, so when he got another order to marry it during the day, Dad took off his shirt and left it in the bike's container under the seat and wore nothing under the jacket. He walked towards the lobby, glancing the security who stood there with a smug face, and headed towards the concierge, took off his jacket, and sit pretty on the couch in the lobby while the receptionist looked at him with horror. The receptionist, half screaming while rushing towards Dad, What are you even doing? Dad said, I'm waiting for the customer, boss. The receptionist said, Bare-chested? Where's your shirt? Dad said, It's a hot day, boss. I ride around the town with only my jacket on. No delivery jacket allowed in lobby, no. Your colleague, that security guy, told me so. The receptionist said, Just leave the food with me and please put your jacket back on. Thank you. The security guy realized the situation a bit late and could only watch the whole exchange with his jaw dropped. Next time my dad gets an order to marry it, the same guy just told him to leave it with him. Hey, strut it if you got it, I guess. 
I just don't understand what the rule is with the jacket anyways. Do they think wearing these jackets is just too trashy for Marriott Hotel? Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, sit in a broken chair? If you say so. Several years ago, I worked in a group home helping people with mental illnesses. During the day, we had two to three staff working at a time. We would work with the clients, and then at the end of our shift, we would log what we did. There was one office with three computers in it. One day I came in, and the chair for one of those three desks was broke. It was obviously unsafe to sit in. I asked my coworkers if anyone had reported this to our manager. My coworkers told me that our manager stated the chair was not broken, even though it was cracked and leaning to one side. I thought this was so ridiculous, I took a picture of the chair and sent it to my friends and we all got a good laugh about the definitely not broken chair. The next day I came into work and everything was fine, until it was time to log everything in the computer. There were three of us now, and with only two usable desks, we had to take turns doing notes while the others just stay there. Our manager came in and asked why one of us was just sitting there. We pointed out that the chair was unsafe and we couldn't use the desk without it. Side note, just before I was hired to work here, I had a serious medical problem, in which for 9 months I was unable to eat solid food and had to lose so much weight I was only 80 pounds. My recommended weight is 140 pounds for my body type. I was getting better and my manager and coworkers were completely unaware that this was the reason for my weight. My boss insisted that the chair could be used. He then told my other two coworkers that they were too fat and that's why the chair broke. He stated that he wasn't going to buy any new office furniture until everyone in the office had lost weight because we were costing the company money by damaging the furniture. He explained that I was a healthy weight, I most certainly was not, and everyone should be more like me. To prove that this chair was safe and obesity was the problem, my boss asked me to demonstrate to my coworkers how an ideal employee can use this chair. My boss was expecting me to sit in the chair carefully and cautiously since it was really broken, but I wouldn't be here if that's what happened. I plopped down in the chair. It broke in half instantly and I fell to the ground. I then pointed out to my boss that company policy requests that he fill out an incident report due to my fall. The next day, my boss calls me into his office and shows me the incident report he filed, in which he told corporate that I'd intentionally broken a usable chair. He explained that corporate was angry and had demanded that he take the cost of a new chair out of my paycheck. I mentioned that he forgot to add a few details to his report, which I would be happy to fill corporate in on. The first being the chair was indeed broken and I had a picture from the day before the incident to prove it was already broken. My boss said I was lying. I showed him the photo and he went white. I further explained that he forgot to tell them that he ordered me to sit in the chair despite several people mentioning it looked unsafe and I had two witnesses to that. I also mentioned that I felt corporate would love to know that he had told his employees they were too fat for new chairs and I had two witnesses to that statement. I got up and stated that I would let corporate know now before I forget. My boss panicked and stated that he wouldn't take the cost out of my paycheck and he would order new chairs which we desperately needed for all the desks. Don't call my friends fat and try to push unhealthy body images. Although this guy like caved and was panicking by the end of this, I think OP should have still went through and reported that behavior. Why allow somebody who behaved like that to continue behaving like that? 
Our next story is, keep rinsing the rice until the water runs clear? Got it. Years ago, I was a cook at a well-known fast casual restaurant known for their large burritos and charging extra for guac. I worked hard because the place was very understaffed given the number of customers that came in. Management was understanding when we had to cut corners to make sure people didn't wait for food. One of the rules we had to follow before cooking the rice was to rinse the raw rice three times until the water runs clear. Vague? I know. How clear is clear? What if after three rinses the water is not clear? Three times and runs clear or three times or runs clear? Who knows? I didn't ask. Most of the time, we would give the rice one or two rinses before throwing it in the cooker. Never had any problems with customers complaining about it, and we never ran out of rice. Since there were never any problems, management didn't care. Everyone was happy. That is, until one day, Miss Manager decides it's time to enforce every single rule exactly. Not sure why. To get to the position she was in, she knew how to do all the individual tasks in the kitchen, so she knew the rules. However, she didn't know how to conduct the symphony of the dozens of simultaneous tasks at the speed and accuracy required to keep customers moving and to never burn anything. I did. She didn't know which corners were okay to cut and which ones were not. I did. As I was getting ready for the busy shift, but the kitchen was not in busy mode yet, I'm rinsing rice and Miss Manager approaches me. Make sure to rinse the rice until the water runs clear. I look at her and respond, I always do. She knew I was lying, but she knew why. She knew that it would take longer to make the rice, but I was the only one who could make sure that rice never runs out. Her life would be heck if we ran out of rice. She had a chance to let it go. She did not, though. Mr. Cook, I know you don't follow that rule. Keep rinsing the rice until the water runs clear, and before you put this rice on the cooker, come find me and show me that it runs clear. I looked at her with a straight face and replied, Keep rinsing the rice until the water runs clear? Got it. I begin. Fill the pot of rice with water, agitate the rice, pull out the perforated part of the pot, and dump out all of the cloudy water. After three times, the water is still resembling water skim milk. I look up. She's watching me. She asks, Does that water look clear to you? It was rhetorical. I see how it is. I start rinsing again. Satisfied, she walks away. I continue repeating the process. A while goes by and yes, I'm counting the number of times. The long grains of rice are breaking apart and the entire pot is turning into a strange mushy mixture of white rice. Given the time I'm taking on this dumb task, everything else that needs to get started in the kitchen is falling behind. Finally, Miss Manager appears in the kitchen again. You're still rinsing rice? The timing was perfect. I dump out the water in front of her and ask, Does that water look clear to you? As I dump out the precursor to slightly watered-down horchata, she softly says, No. I step away from the sink. How many times do you think I've rinsed this rice, I ask? Seven, she answers. No, try thirty-seven. I wasn't joking. I have rinsed this rice thirty-seven times and the water is not running clear to your satisfaction. Should I continue? She looks at the rice, knows it's unusable, and that she's lost the fight. On one hand, she cannot tell me to keep going because the ground-up rice was only a few rinses and a cook away from becoming grits. On the other hand, she cannot tell me to stop rinsing because then she would be in violation of the sacred rice rinsing commandment. 
Additionally, she couldn't fire me, otherwise the store couldn't open. She scheduled me to work the entire day, and she sure knows that she could not do what I do in the kitchen. Fine, she relents. Get back in there and make sure we're ready when it's time to open. I laughed to myself as I went back to work. I win. 37? You as a cook rinsed the rice 37 times? In a row? Sometimes, even if it's dumb, you just gotta give them exactly what they're asking for. This next story is, assign the incompetent guy the task of making a business plan. I was told to post this here. Perhaps the person will recognize the story and see that I did as I was told. Many years ago, I was tasked with making a business plan for a women-owned and operated business in a rural low-income area where English is not spoken. There was a big grant from outside the country that made this project happen, and a country-based NGO, non-governmental organization, that managed the grant. The business had been dependent on the grant for years. The idea was to use the business plan to make the business independent and self-sufficient so the grant could then go to a new rural area and begin again with a new business employing new women. I worked for the NGO administering the grant. I explained that I was not the best person to do a business plan because 1. I don't speak the language. 2. I've never owned a business. 3. I don't have a business degree nor have I ever taken a business course. 4. I don't have any experience or knowledge of what a business plan is. They insisted that none of the above disqualify me from making a business plan for this project. I should also say that I didn't have the internet to help me. The internet was three long bus rides away and would require a stay overnight at a hotel where I would use an expensive internet cafe that had viruses and keystroke loggers and charged by the minute, the 90s. This would all be on my dollar, so I didn't do it. I didn't have a car. The town had one phone line with no outlet. It was just a piece of copper wired to an old phone guarded by the guy who also reads all your mail. Phone calls were expensive. I imagined that a business plan assessed the efficiency of use of assets and also tracked and categorized all income and expenses. This was the basis for my plan. I started asking questions and I was asked for the finished plan. I explained that it was taking a bit longer than expected because of language barriers, but a description of the grant would help. I got a pile of unorganized papers, some of the papers were in English. I found out that the grant purchased a truck to collect and deliver raw materials and finished products. There were no vehicles in the village. A bus came through but no one owned a vehicle. No one had ever seen a truck. Also, it said that the grant purchased the building of the business. However, in talking with the locals many times using redundant terms and phrases to ensure understanding, I learned that the building was rented. I met the owner who had no affiliation with the business. They just sat collecting rent money each month. This was surprising because I'd been told by the NGO that the building was owned by the business. I imagined that somewhere there was someone in the capital city sitting on a fat stash of cash enough to buy a house, and driving a free truck to their summer house with a pool. It occurred to me that they picked me to make the business plan because I wouldn't do a thorough job and find these discrepancies. They also wouldn't expect me to report their embezzlement to the organization doing the embezzlement. However, that is what I did. I told the NGO that self-sufficiency would always be a long way off if the business was hampered by rent that was more than collective monthly wages. I mentioned that selling the truck might help as it appeared to not be used for the purposes listed in the grant. 
I send my business plan in. The country that provided the grant visited, the missing truck mysteriously showed up. The ambassador person was surprised to see me in this rural village. I looked like I wasn't from there, and they spoke some English. They asked if I lived there. I said yes. They asked if I knew what was going on. I said yes. The NGO person from the capital was there and overheard. They knew what I knew and also knew that the ambassador would not love to hear about embezzlement, even though it is common in low-income areas with NGOs. That's when I lost my job. I never told the ambassador that the money was misappropriated. I believe that to do so would result in some consequences, trumped-up charges for embarrassing country officials where I would be at a tremendous disadvantage in a country that the ambassador would not be able to help me with. Also, the fact that the conversation ended there tells me that the ambassador was not at their first rodeo and knew that it was 90% performance. I think he genuinely wanted to see some good come to the village, even if it didn't meet the level specified in the grant. I think the question about, do you know what is going on, was merely to see if I saw what he was seeing. I feel proud of what I did because I probably could have turned in a crap business plan and they would have praised me for it. But I did exactly what I was told even though it was difficult and challenging. And for that, my services were no longer needed. I guess I'm missing the part where they face consequences of my compliance, but it felt good to let them know that they were not so sly as they thought and I got out of a situation where I could have been partly blamed for corruption had I stayed. Yeah, when you consider that OP essentially just could get eviscerated by the legal system in this country because they so much as want to speak out about it, you can't really blame them for not going through with it. It's kind of a terrifying concept to think that you'd get locked up and the charges trumped up as they said because you were just trying to do the right thing. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.